This is an interview that I've been planning for a long time, and there's no reason we couldn't have done it sooner because he sits about 10 feet away from me. Rich Gould, longtime sports director at KPLR Channel 11 in St. Louis. Uncle Rich is retiring. I've been talking about it, having him on, and people will even text or email, you got to get Rich Gould on. We were going to have a great camping debate. We never even got into that. Rich loves to camp. I'm a little lukewarm on the idea of sleeping on a pile of rocks while getting eaten alive by bugs, but that's a topic for another day. Rich came to St. Louis in 1987, had been working for a cobbler station in Sacramento, and I was pretty sure he had told me the story that when he was in Sacramento, his boss pulled him aside and said, will you help this radio guy do some TV commentary? And Rich sort of didn't school him, but helped him out a little bit. And that guy was Rush Limbaugh. And we talk a little bit about that. Rich's whole career and his family life moving from, I've I've joked with him that he had a reverse Beverly Hillbillies. He went from L.A. to Branson. He was living in the big city, Orange County more specifically. But grew up as a kid playing baseball, loved the Dodgers. And then his family moved to Branson. And do next, he seemed a little hesitant to even throw it out there but rich has had a fascinating career did some cardinal baseball on channel 11 did some bragging rights mizzou illinois games play-by-play on some indoor soccer for a while so play-by-play hosting and uh, good old uncle rich the fan show on channel 11 that was some musty tv on sunday nights just the thing about rich and i said this to the local paper the post dispatch when they asked about rich gould and i said this is a compliment that may not sound like one, but Rich would have been a great game show host because he's funny, quick on his feet, but he also is a singer. He's an entertainer. And maybe if he'd lived in California his whole life, maybe it ended up in TV doing game show hosting. I just think he would have been great at that. He's he's a trip. He's always laid back. I'll tell you that. Nobody stresses when they're around Rich. We were at spring training one year. I think it was the day before they were going to start camp. All the TV guys are standing there, and LaRusse is coming out. And it's only February, but you're thinking, oh, God, Tony might even be a little bit, you never know if he's going to be uptight already about the season. And he walks over and sees Rich. And because Rich Gould's standing there, he walks towards him. And now we're like, this is great because we're all going to glob on and get an interview for our nightly news that we need a clip or two of LaRusse talking. And because he saw Rich, he walked over to him. He said, yo, Richie, what's up, Rich? So we all hop in for the interview, and Rich and his cameraman turn around and leave. They didn't even take part in the interview. And I go, where are you going? He goes, pal, I'm going to eat dinner. I'm not doing anything tonight. I'm going to eat dinner. And he walks away. And I looked at LaRusse, and I said, we only stopped, and you only stopped because Rich was here. And I said, now he's not even taking part in the interview. And Tony goes, yes, that's just Rich, man. That's, That's how he rolls. (laughs) Rich went off to have a steak dinner, and the rest of us suckers were probably doing live reports at midnight Eastern back to St. Louis. So Uncle Rich, fascinating career, fun guy to be around. He is the focus of the Killcoin Conversation. It's presented, as always, by B&G Tuck Pointing, the best in the bricks. You can get a free estimate by calling 363-0525, 3-1-4-363-0525. Find out why they are the best in the bricks. Make your home, your garage, your chimney look new again 
You can do that simply by finding the folks at B&G. BGTuckPony.com. Check out some of their work online. Tons of satisfied customers. They're doing a great job. And it's not just the tuck pointing. Waterproofing, foundation repair, all of those things that are home-related and businesses, too. I uh, just had a prominent St. Louis business ask about a tuck pointer, and I said, this is this is the guy, this is the company, Rich Galati and his team. B&G Tuck Pointing, great sponsors of the Killcoin Conversation. Also, Marie de Villa Senior Living, located at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. They've been there since 1960. Premier Senior Living. The Villa Estates live out on your own, but also have all the great amenities of the Marie de Villa Center. You have assisted living, all levels of care, just great folks at Marie de Villa. Take a virtual tour at mariedevilla.com. Also brought to you by Triad Bank, the St. Louis-based bank. Been around since 2005. Five-star rated bank. And I tell business owners all the time, you want to get something done in St. Louis? Do it with the bank that is based right here. Triadbanking.com or in person, Clayton Road in Frontenac. Also, Appliance Discounters on the web, theappliancediscounters.com. All the great General Electric merchandise. In addition to low prices, they've got GE rebates on top of it. Washer, dryer, stove, refrigerator, whatever you need, they have it. Lowest prices, that's what they're all about. And delivered quickly. Boy, there's so many horror stories right now about not being able to get anything delivered. Well, because they have the 80,000-square-foot showroom, they can get it to you quickly. TheAppliancedDiscounters.com, where their savings are your savings. All right, here it is, my buddy, the one and only, Rich Gould. All right, Richie, I know this this is the big week. Retirement looms, but we're going to go back in time. And walking through that door is your eighth grade te- No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You ended up in St. Louis. You too, <laughs> huh? <laughs> You're part of the pod, people? I'm a pod person. You can't swing. Thanks it. for listening. In the old days, you wouldn't listen to my AM radio shows because you didn't <laughs> well, have a. AM was have a busted. You, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting somebody with a podcast. I know. So this is a special honor then for you to be here, is it not? It is an honor to talk to you. Thank you. Always. Me. Well, the, the beauty, of the, and I will say this in sincerity, the beauty of the podcast is you can take your time, you can let it breathe, yeah. and it'll live on forever. So if you say some stupid SH, then we're stuck with this forever. It's going to live on. But I was confused because you've worked at KPLR since 87, yeah. but that's your second stint, correct? Not No. So 87 you began 19, and you left for a second and came back. 1987 was when I started working for KPLR Television. Now, I worked with Coppler Communications in Sacramento in 1985 and 86, and then was there in 87 uh, when I... So you got moved. the call. <laughs> okay. I was yeah. thinking you went back to Sacramento. No, but you no. so you worked for a coppler station in Sacramento and then they moved you to St. Louis. Yes. I okay. started in 1987. And uh, when I got here, they were on strike. You talk about some. They were that pissed that you got hired? They well, you talk about some pissed off people. It was when I tried to go, you know, I broke the strike rule. The, You know, I went through people on strike. Now, I wasn't union, so I didn't do anything illegal, and I think some of them recognized it. But there are always some hard asses, you know, on a, on a line like that. And there are a couple of them that just didn't want me coming to the building at all. And I said, well, I don't know what to do but You here. just got here. You're probably I all excited. Here. I just walked in. <laughs> that was some building. Man, what a... Uh, this Central West End, the yeah, old days. What a, it, it was a dump. It was just so <laughs> different than what we have out here. I mean, of course, it was more convenient to go 
downtown to a Cardinals game and to a Blues game, but it just, it was just this old building, and yet it had its charm. I mean, Ted's office was gorgeous. And Susie had a great office in the corner. We watched the Pope come by through there. That one still cracks me up. Were you, were you here when the Pope came? I was, yeah. He went by pretty fast. Holy Christ. <laughs> he put Here's, the hammer down. <laughs> Here's the Pope. Everybody's gathered for hours to see the Pope. And he's in that little, that little Pope mobile. And he's standing up, you know. And we think it's going to be a nice slow procession. And he's going to wave at some people. He went by doing 35 to 40. <laughs> just like that. Everybody's head just jerked to the left. And they said, well, that's it. Pope's gone. What did, what did you think? Because obviously you had worked for Coppler. They own KPLR. They own the Sacramento Station. But when they're bringing to you St. Louis, you'd lived in Branson for high school. So was it like coming home? It was Not coming home, but it was the only place I wanted to be in television. I never wanted to go to New York. I never really had a an inkling to go to Chicago. or you know, I didn't look at markets. I looked at teams. And the Cardinals were my team. I grew up loving them. My dad loved them. So even though I like the Dodgers, too, the Cardinals were the team I rooted for, and one of one of Ted's things, you know, when I was out in Sacramento, she said, "We're going to get the Cardinals. You're going to have something to do with the Cardinals." Well, that's all he had to say. Now, <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with them for a good long while, but I had a little to do with them. I had a cup of coffee. That was all right. How fun was that? It was, I, it was people cool. people still see at the ballpark and go, "Great googly moogly <laughs> from the home run." It was a McGuire homer, right? Yeah, it was a McGuire home run. And I'm glad they do, and it's nice because you don't get too many chances. You know, if you're if Bob Carpenter's never sick, and when he is, he works anyway. Right. <laughs> so, um, so just, was that the deal? If Carpenter was out, yeah. then you would get to do the games. Okay. If, yeah, but he, yeah, he, I did that game. Me and Ozzy did the game that you were talking about. McGuire and Bonds homered in that game. Went 17 innings, I think, and I think it was on a. Saturday, Mother's Day, Saturday, that weekend, something along those lines. But I remember Ozzy just being, just shaking his head. It's much different to watch a ball game than it is to play in one. You get bored. Right. And I, I'm completely convinced that he was up in that press box with me, and he was a little bit bored. He was thinking, <laughs> get this thing over with. How much longer do we have? But, yeah, the the call was, wasn't really very good. It just kind of came out. But people seem to like it, so I guess I'm grateful that, even though I didn't particularly like it, um, and, and it still pisses me off to this day, because I wanted to call that home run. I mean, I before it happened, it was a three-one count, and I thought McGuire was going to hit that pitch out, and I wish that I would have said, you know, he's going to hit one out on out this of the pitch. Jack Buckle. He wouldn't ah. go deep, would he? Yeah, <laughs> but, but even even more to the point, I mean, even I, on this pitch, he's going to hit it. I wanted to do that, but didn't. But people do come up to me, and I'm grateful that they do. KPLR had Blues, they had Cardinals. Uh, you even did soccer too, right? You did a yeah. bunch of. And aren't all TV guys sort of frustrated play-by-play guys? We love sports, well, but we'd rather be at a game, calling a game. Um, I think those, yes, I think you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know I wouldn't. I know there are some that do, but then there are some that don't. Some are happy enough to go out and do, you know, sports newsy stories and and, and not do play-by-play. Um, you did soccer too, right? Yeah, the soccer was fun. It was, it was The indoor soccer was neat. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't here when the steamers were there. But I was when the ambush and the storm played, and it got me to Seattle to do a game, Tacoma, got me to Cleveland to do a game. Um, 
Where else? Baltimore. To this oh, day. the blast. Yeah. Those jerks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they hated us. Uh, the, best, the best Italian meal I've ever had was in Baltimore during a game. Don Popovic knew this, knew this guy and uh, took us there to dinner. But it was great. Yeah, that, but that was, that was cool. So doing play-by-play, and you were mentioning the KPLR, but we had a very strong sports identity. Before Fox Sports Midwest came in with their muscle, you know, and pretty much raided everybody, we had it all. We had bragging rights. I did three play-by-play games from bragging rights. People don't remember that. Um, so we had that. Where we, did that? Is that because they had the inventory available, being independent? Yeah. Or did Coppler say, we're going to make our name with sports? Yeah, both. Both. He was interested in doing live sports, and they didn't have to blow out network programming to do it. You know, if you're going to carry a Mizzou game on on NBC or Fox or CBS, you're going to have to answer to some people. Well, they didn't answer to anybody. KPLR was the only logical channel to run. What about the frog? Was he ever pissed? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was, who was the frog time. was CW, right? Uh, and the CW frog, WB? What was his name? Yeah, it was WB. WB. Okay, the frog. Okay. Yeah, the frog would get pissed every once in a while. <laughs> that tongue of his. But you're, but you're a kid from Branson, but people are like, I thought he's from California. So people well, will get, both, right? You did a yeah. reverse Beverly Hillbillies. Here, I, I kind of I identify with every city that I've lived in a little bit. So I'm a, when it behooves me, I'm a kid from California because I grew up there until I was 14 and played ball, you know, and lots of baseball. In fact, Martin, one of the great disappointments in my life was the 14-year-old Orange Pony League team. They went and won the world championship. They won without me. We'd won the California championship the year before when I was 13. And uh, they just now celebrated 50 years. I was invited to go to California and you know, meet these guys. And, and I said, I wasn't on the team, man. I can't come. I'm sorry, but no, I'm not coming. But so. Well, like Pete Best doesn't get invited to the Beatles reunion, no, does he? He doesn't get invited <laughs> to the Beatles. So, yeah, I was there till I was 14, and then I was in Branson from 14. Was uh, that culture shock, though? I mean, oh, Southern geez. California to Branson. Are you kidding? <laughs> that was something else. So I can remember. All, I came, came to Branson by bus, so that's a hell of a ride there. With a mother and a crying kid. My youngest uh, sister, Amy, was little. So that's two days of misery. And then we got to Joplin and an ice storm hit. So we're on 44 between Joplin and Springfield going nowhere. I mean, the buses moving side to side. It was that icy. So, yeah, it was, a, it was different for sure. But we, the, but we had to take a, you know, I had to stand. I never took a bus. I walked to school. I was close. I had to stand out in the cold to get a bus. And then I had to ride, when I first got there, some six, seven miles to get to the high school. When I played ball as a freshman, we went to Bolivar and to Buffalo from Branson. That's 80 miles. Well, in California, I never went anywhere to play a ball game. I'd go, you know, a big trip was to go to El Medina or to Tustin. <laughs> so I said, we are spending the night, right? We're going to spend the night there? Well, they, they looked at me like I had three heads. Are you nuts? No, we're going to go up, play a ball game, and drive home. Back. And I thought, God, that's a long way. Was Branson, this is 50 years ago, right? Yeah. So was Branson the way we vis- visualize it today, or was it just no. starting, or any of that? No, it was starting. Uh, you could see it coming. I mean, uh, I lived just off 76. So Yakov had not arrived yet. No, no, he wasn't there. <laughs> uh, but the Presleys were, and the Ball Knobbers were, and Shepherd of the Hills was there, and Silver Dollar City, but that was about it. When you got past a certain point, uh, the Dairyland, 
they were building the Holiday Inn there. When you got past that, there was nothing. You could actually pass on 76. Uh, taking your life in your hands, but you could do it. So at my first job, I used to get chigger bites on my legs. And this is one of those old men stories, you know, that you've heard old men talk. I'd walk two miles to work on hot days in the summer, and I'd come home and my legs were just filled up with chigger bites, and I'd have to, you know, bathe in calamine lotion to flip burgers at the dog and suds there in Branson. That was my first job. I was 14. When did you start singing? Didn't you perform at oh, Silver yeah. Dollar City? Yeah. Like I was part of like an ensemble or? The uh, saloon show. Well, I sang, I don't know, all my life. I had the lead in a play when I was in eighth grade. This idiot comes in. Instead of doing something, you know, do showboat, do something, do something easy. Oklahoma. He comes in and does the Pirates of Penzance. Oh. Nobody knows what the hell the Pirates of Penzance was. You know? So I get the lead in that play when I'm in eighth grade, and I was the only one that knew my lines and my part and could sing a song. So they canceled that. We had a talent show instead. They just the whole tradition at Yorba Junior High School just went to hell. They canceled it because nobody else could. Nobody else knew the part. So they, some pissant thought they should do pissants pirates. Yeah, but I blame bad this, idea. I blame this teacher for even trying it in the first place. He didn't do that. But Silver Dollar City, I worked as a singing bartender. They have the saloon show there. And it was fun. You know, a lot of young people there, college-age people that you're meeting and, and seeing. And uh, that, was, that was, was a good way to spend one summer. And you played football down there, right? Oh, right? Yeah. So you showed up and played with quarterback? Yep. Wasn't, wasn't there a game you scored? Well, you might have mentioned this I once or twice. I don't know. that. I, I, I would imagine that most of the people listening to your podcast already know about the Willard game. For sure. <laughs> But for those who don't, uh, let's who remind don't. them. <laughs> well, the Willard game happened after the Reed Spring game when I scored three touchdowns. But the Willard game was special because I threw six. Six touchdown passes, Martin. Six. Huh? And you're not a tall guy. Were you no, a no, du- no, no, no. Were you a Doug Flutie? Were you, yeah, I, were you mobile? I was, yes. Fran I, Tarkington? I was very mobile. I was a little Flutie-esque. Okay. I'd run around back there. Make a, make a, he likes to make a, a mix. Thing. That's a great thing about small town sports. Though. You got to play. You know, I don't know that I'm playing uh, quarterback if I go to CBC when I'm 17 years old, but down there I did, and it was great. I, we just had a ball. Me and my great friends are down there. Uh, the Willard game, forever remembered. Oh yeah, everybody, everybody's still talking about it in Willard. I'm sure. Were That's you, a big name. We listening to Cardinal games on the radio. Everybody says, "Oh, I grew up listening to the radio." Yep. Was that a thing? You bet. It was for me. Uh, going back before that, the big thing for me was to walk around in California with a transistor and listen to Chick Hearn do Lakers games and listen to Vin Scully do Dodgers games. So uh, Chick Hearn and Vin Scully, two of the all-time greats, and that's what I did when I got to Saint, to Branson. We had a radio station that carried Cardinals baseball. Bob Starr was doing the game. Jack Buck was doing the game. Uh, Mike Shannon was young and doing the game. So, yeah, I listened all the time and even got a job at that radio station when I was um, eight, 18, 19 years old doing play-by-play down there for high school and college games. Uh, but I would, on the weekends, go sit in and play the commercials for the ball games. So I got to listen to Buck and Star all the time. So did you say at a young age, hey, I'm going to do sport, I'm going to be a broadcaster? Yeah, I did at a, at a real young age. I was a good player, but I wasn't going to play in the pros. But I loved Kurt Gowdy, you know. I knew who Ray Scott was. 
watching Packers games. Uh, and of course, Chick Hearn Enberg was out there. Uh, I watched Stu Nahan. And all of these guys were heroes just like athletes were to me. So I said, that is something I wouldn't maybe be able to do. And you mentioned working in Sacramento, but that's not job one, right? No. How did you get there? I from Quincy. Job one was uh, where Savard is now, KOLR in Springfield. And how I got there was I asked. They they had a guy Tom Mast. Maybe they heard about the Willard game. Just oh. just throwing it out there. Well, they had a camera there, Martin. <laughs> they probably had old video. <laughs> they lost it in, in translation from film to tape. They um, um I, I Tom Mast was a sportscaster there and he was on like three four weeks in a row and i said god you know this this station needs some help so i went and knocked on the door this is a monday knocked on the door said uh i think i can help you why don't you let me try me out doing sports and you know if you like it maybe we got something going if you don't like it you know tell me go to hell and i'll leave never bother you again so this was on a monday tuesday he called said come back in tomorrow we'll put you in front of a camera so now that's Wednesday. They did that. I ad-libbed something. They said ad-libbed something. So I talked about the NBA playoffs. On Thursday, they called me. I did the 5 o'clock news. On Friday, I did the 10 o'clock news. And on Saturday, Tom Mast left on a two-week vacation, and I did all the shows. <laughs> wow. So it's definitely not the way they did it in J school. You know, in <laughs> Columbia, I, I got in, and I just did it. Sometimes just ask, right? That's, Sometimes. You were how old? Just ask. I was 21. Wow. So you start working at KOLR. I was going to then, college. I'm walking, you know, I, I'm at Evangel. I'm going to a class, and some guy would say, didn't I see you on, yeah? Well, what the hell are you doing here? They didn't use hell at Evangel. Okay. I did. They did. I'm guessing you did. Yeah. Then Quincy from there. Quincy for five, four and a half years, five years. Quincy was a great place. I love Quincy. So, were the Douglas brothers there when you were up there? Were they ever? Okay. The Douglases, Michael Payne. Oh, Bruce Douglas uh, went to Illinois. When I got there, they all said, Rich, you're, you're not going to believe the basketball up here in Quincy. You're just not. And this was shortly after the season, and it was April, I think, when I got up to Quincy. And I said, come on. So there's basketball in southwest Missouri, too. I said, we got Nixa. Forsyth was pretty good. I... Uh, I know a little bit about high school basketball. They said, uh, not like this. And they were right. They would darken the arena. They still do this. And it's a big gym. They'd darken it. They'd have the devil come out with his flaming trident (laughs) and point it at the other team. And they'd run around. They were terrific. But you had Payne, uh, the Douglas brothers. uh, Richie Hawkins was a player. I still remember most of them. And they kicked everybody's ass. They had a close game that I did play-by-play for against Chicago Farragut in a tournament, Thanksgiving tournament. They had a close game against Lincoln uh, in the Super Sectionals, and after that they just cruised. So Quincy to Sacramento would also be it's a big market jump, but also career-wise that's a big deal, right? And then yeah. in a sense, not home, but back to California. You're like Nolan Arenado. He said <laughs> in L.A., he goes, when I get off the plane in California – it smells like home. <laughs> Sacramento was uh, was great, too. I loved it there. Kings not there? Or were yeah, they, they just got okay. there. And that's one of the reasons I said, this is going to be exciting. This was 85. And the Kings had just got there. And uh, when I went to the neatest thing about Sacramento uh, and Kings basketball, they had just got there. People flipped over it like anybody would. I remember when Boston played. 
They were standing for 45 minutes, six deep around the court just to watch Larry Bird shoot. Mm. And they did the same thing with Magic and Kareem and the Lakers. So I'm... Do they root for the home team or not really? Yeah, they all know they're, okay. rooting for, okay. they're rooting for them. But I'm standing in the... Uh, being a Lakers fan, I grew up with the Lakers. I'm in the bowels of the Arco Arena. And walking right next to me is Kareem and Magic. I'm, I'm oh. from me to you, Trim. And I thought, whoa, yeah. this is cool. So, yeah, Sacramento was great. And wasn't there an aspiring broadcaster who they told you to help him out a little bit? He's a radio guy, conservative <laughs> talk show host. You who know was going to sample TV. You know that story. Rush Limbaugh. They said he was going great guns out in Sacramento. He had really started to on the radio. take off on radio. Okay. And so Ted Koppler said, we got to get him on the air. And they said, Rich, we need you to teach him how to do television. I said, well, do what I can. So here would come Rush, and then I'd go in with him, and Rush would do five and a half minutes, you know, standing on his head. It was easy for him. He was great. I said, well, now you got to cut it to a minute 20. And he said, now how the hell am I going to do that? <laughs> and we just kept working, working, working until it slowed him down. Like commentary kind of thing? Or? Yeah, okay. it was just all his Republican shtick. So he just had to whittle his radio shtick down to a TV commentary. That's exactly right. And then we'd go to Howie's next door and have a beer and talk about it. So yeah, I knew Rush. I went, I want to say that I played golf with him. This one's foggy. I mean, working with Rush, and, and it only happened about four or five times, yet I can take credit for, oh, yeah. you for launched, Rush Limbaugh's you launched success. Him. You launched him. And I think we played golf because I went to his house once. and it, Just him and me, and I think it was after a golf game. I went to the fights. They had some fights in Sacramento. They were cool. They had the U.S. and Russians, the Olympic teams. And I think it was on CBS Sports Spectacular. I had a front row seat to that. Wind up drinking vodka with the Russian boxing team. <laughs> how, that, these are the rich school stories I'm here yeah, for. Okay. How I got, how I got, the, I, I'll never know. I jumped in their limo when they took off. So it's me and the Russian boxing team. We go to their hotel. We go and we've got an interpreter. And we're throwing shots of vodka down. And another friend is with me. <laughs> it was just so bizarre and you had funny me talking to an interpreter please tell your team it was almost like drago and, and rocky right. if if we can be friends and you can be friends we all can be friends it was that kind of stuff <laughs> did, did you ever run into rush over the years later or ever i did and paths? he he it was you know rush got big and when you get big sometimes you just don't remember stuff but he did say, you know, I, I think I do remember a little bit about that. Didn't remember my name, but I think remembered the circumstance. So those are the Sacramento years, hanging with the Russian. That sounded like an episode of The Fan Show. You just drinking with some Russian judges or something? <laughs> the Fan Show had a life of its own. It was Sunday nights, yeah. and you guys were on first. So it didn't matter what any of us had coming later. It seemed like you guys were on early, and you were at the Stratford Inn, and Iggy was always sort of in the background. He was like the Avery of game shows. He, he was always there. When I called Iggy, he would come. And thank God he did because I, I, the man makes me laugh just looking at him. <laughs> yes, yes. There's something about looking at Iggy <laughs> with a cigarette out of his mouth, dressed up as, you know, the Fourth of July guy or in a frog costume that's funny. <laughs> and uh, we first did it at the, Ad, or no, not the Adams Mark. Oh, Casino Queen. For Casino while, Queen, right? then the Adams Mark. And then the Stratford Inn. <laughs> and then the Stratford Inn. I don't know how the Stratford Inn got in there. It wasn't a very good show, but that's okay. And I'll tell you, <laughs> hats off to Bill Lanesey. You know, I get a lot of credit for the fan show, and I deserve a lot of it. But Well, because it was your personality. You guys had fun. Yes. You might grab a guitar. You might play 
we had the ping pong or the, whatever. Yeah, the fan band was my favorite. And I'm thinking about you know the old Carson shows and late night shows like that. Fan band got on just because they happened to be practicing on the day we went there to block the show, on the day we went over to the Casino Queen. And I said to him, "Hey, you guys, you know, you don't look like you're doing all that well out there in public. I'm, I haven't heard of you. How about being my band?" How about being the fan band? Yeah, okay. You'll be on TV each week. I don't care what the hell you play. <laughs> so they said, sure. And they were great. They couldn't, couldn't have been better. And that, to you, I mean, I, to me, you just enjoy, the aspect of television I think that you enjoy is having fun. Let's not script it too much. Not, let's have no consultants. Let's not overthink it. I don't give a shit about stories like the Rams lawsuit or who's sleeping with who, or, or stuff like that, where you have to, who the next coach is going to be. I hate off-seasons. When you're diving into that and you're speculating who, who this guy or that guy is going to hire. I care, I still care, less now, but I still care about the games. Watching men and women do, do things that I can't at such a high level, I really enjoy doing that. I watch them on TV and you know, that part of the job is neat. It is true that a lot of it is the soap opera. If you look at ESPN.com, it'll be an NBA player calls old coach huh. jerk or likes a tweet that made fun of his former teammate. And it's like, I read these things like, it has nothing to do with shooting percentages, home runs, or game-winning drives. It's like, there is a lot of that drama out there. Too much NBA for that, too much uh, football for that. But what's the lead story today? Well, it's, it's nothing. They're not talking about the game that was played this afternoon. And we're taping this after, uh, after Milwaukee lost to Atlanta. Uh, they're, they're all talking about calling the Astros cheaters, cheaters again. And, and <laughs> Dusty Baker you know, had something to say about that. Yeah. That's what they're talking about. No, yeah, I, I just I like the games. And you are, you like the games too, but you get more into uh, the, the story aspect than I did. I like some of the, like the, the lawsuit one fascinates me when it gets real. Or like early on I didn't care in the fact that they're, I, I want to see the, I, like I'm not what over. What fascinates you about it? I want to see the NFL get called on the carpet for like. They're, you want to see them pay. Yeah, I want to see them pay. And to me even more than pay. I think it's kind of have to admit, all right, we run roughshod over anybody and everybody. We get away with it. It's who we are. We don't give a rip about you, your city, or anything. I kind of want to see them exposed for who they are because they get away with it forever. I maintain they've been exposed that way for a long, long time. and Nobody cares. There, there was no surprise to me that the Rams left. Right. And um, I think people should – You know, I, I agree on one point. If, if, if individuals were financially hurt – by the Rams leaving and can get money back, I'm all for it. But to kick Cronky anymore while he's down after five, six years, and, and just the, the, the ill will that goes on with the city hating him, I'm way over that. And plus, I was there when I was a kid, and the Rams trained there. I think the Rams should have gone back to Los Angeles. Well, and the Rams were from L.A. That's I mean, right. I think my thing even back then was they have the right to go based on their lease but then they did that whole song and dance pony show and kind of played with the city. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do it. 
they kind of effed with the city, and the city's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, they did. And they're crooked. You know, this well, guy I think that's behind closed doors and says stuff, you know, about, I'm sure he's talking about Ferguson. He's talking about crime in St. Louis. He's talking about businesses leaving. All that yeah. is distasteful. But it ain't the game. And all this is the kind of stuff I don't care about. Well, this one I do. Some of it I don't care about. Some of the ideas they throw at me every day, I'm like, oh, I don't care about that. Do you I really care about a lot of that stuff because you've got a phone. You've got your phone on your ear all the time. You're always up. You're, you're, you're walking out of the office because you're talking to somebody. You, well, I like, you I, li- I like information. I do. I like the latest information. I don't like some of the drama stuff, coaching searches. I don't know. But I, I do like the latest info. I like that. But I still like the games, like the Dodger Cardinal playoff game, even though they lost. And that's why I was sitting there later, and I tried to convey it even late that night and said, if you can, and at that point you can't as a fan, mm-hmm. I said, this was a really good, exciting, thrilling playoff game. Yeah, bet it was. And, and anybody who said, oh, it's too long. No, not right now. Don't tell me it was too long. Not in the playoffs. October baseball, we've been lucky. There's a ton of that that has happened in the last 20-plus years. Do you have some favorite games? This is the cliche sports question. Uh, sure. Favorite games that you attended or were a part of or in any fashion? Well, the fifth down game, which I hated, but I was there. And I remember arguing with my pal and your pal, Doug, Doug Meadows. Meadows. That's right. Uh, we were sitting there <laughs> talking about fifth down, so that certainly sticks out. Um, the Kurt, I remember sitting alone watching Kurt Gibson hit the home run. Uh, but there are just so many of those moments. And I was in Quincy uh, when... Uh, Team USA, I'd never watched a hockey game in my life. Team USA wound up beating the Russians. And I felt a certain pride about that, even though I couldn't explain icing to you until maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, so, yeah, I, there, gosh, there. And I also have enormous pain. And most of my pain is associated with one man. His name's Tom Watson. When he would lose, I would feel crummy for days. When he would win, I was euphoric, but it's kind of like gambling. I, I found out that the winning isn't uh, nearly as great as the losing is hurtful to me. So he was your guy because he was from Kansas City? Yeah, that's okay. the only reason, Martin. That's, that's it. He was up and coming back in the middle 70s when I started really falling in love with golf. He was a guy who could play with Jack Nicklaus and beat him. And all the other guys, and there were some great golfers there. But he was from Kansas City, so I knew he was, you know, I, I don't know why. Payne Stewart, I'd known about Payne since 72 because the Springfield News and Leader, you know, covered him. And so I knew he was great. We had a kid in Branson that beat Payne Stewart <laughs> and didn't give a damn about golf. He'd go out with a five iron and shoot even par just with that club. But then he wound up playing. Um, Payne, I think he was a sophomore, and Payne was a junior. I think beat him in the state championship. And I thought, damn, that's, that's pretty good. But Watson was my guy, and I got deeply into him and to golf, and I still am. And he had a lot of high moments. It's just when he would lose, they were pretty painful. The nature of golf is you're going to lose, you know, far more times than you win. It's like hitting your, you know, a, a huge success if you fail seven times out of ten golf you're not going to win much he won plenty but still you look at his record uh, I think he's probably won 40 39 PGA tournaments 40 PGA tournaments right around there a couple more around the world some seniors tours but he's got those majors and what he did in those majors was cool Turnberry with Nicholas 
Pebble Beach chipping in. The thing is, though, and this goes back to remembering uh, bad things over good, I can remember crummy shots that he hit far more vividly than I remember great moments of his. So you're going to play some golf, I suspect. What else are you going to do? Well, I'm going to try. So what, what are you excited about this next chapter? Yeah, I think so. I've got plans in my head. I, uh, I, I'm a little timid about bringing them forward just in case I just think I'm you no bring it back good. to fan show. Is that what you're telling no, me? No, no, I'm not bringing it <laughs> back. You and Iggy doing a podcast. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> and I'm not doing a podcast with Iggy. I'm not doing that. Um, I would like to play my guitar in a bar and see if I could make a little money on the side. I think that, I'd like oh, to that'd do be, some, That'd be great fun. I would love to do that. You, and you got the name, and people know you can sing and entertain. I, like I can that. sing. I don't know that I can play guitar well enough, and my style of singing may not be conducive to uh, that. We'll see. Uh, conducive to playing it. I am a more vocal. Uh, I don't. I don't have a real country twang. I don't. Folksy think, do I? maybe. Folksy. Folksy I hope folksy. Folksy works. I think. But I'm. <laughs> I'm a little. T- I'm. I'm great with church songs. Hell, there for a while, I think I sang at every wedding in Branson. From about 1973 to about 1977, I don't think a wedding went by that I didn't sing at it. You realize we just broke some news here. This will be the, all the other shit we talked about. I'll give you. Rich Gould says he's picking up a guitar and hitting the road. That'll I, be the headline. I'm going to try. I'm going to see if I can get it down. The bad thing, though, is I can't remember the lyrics to any song. I can play a bunch of them. But actually remembering the lyrics to songs? Forget it. So I'm going to have to have one of those music stands and a book with my head in the book, and it just looks crummy. When you sign off for the last time, will it be goodbye, good people? No. It was always hello, good people. You know where I got that? As much as uh, Watson is a hero of mine, Robert Redford is equal to or greater than Tom Watson. He is my movie hero. And in the movie The Great Waldo Pepper, he plays Waldo Pepper, and he'd get out there with that big smile as he was flying those old barnstorming planes, and he'd go, Hello, good people! And nobody else was seeing it, and not that many people saw that movie, probably. So. Now everyone's going to Google Waldo Pepper. Good, let them, and watch the movie. I loved it. So I said... By the way, the new weather guy is named Waldo Pepper. Is that right? So I am... Uh, yeah, that's what I said that. And I, I, the only time I say it's on Sunday night. Okay. I don't know. Well, Rich, it's been a lot of fun. I would if describing you to people. I'd say Rich is a hoot. He likes to have fun. I do. Folksy guitar stories. If if there's anything I would tell people about this business, which I don't know that's going to last much longer, it's to have fun. There are a lot of people in this game that take it way too seriously. I mean, who gives a shit? <laughs> Rich guys out there playing ball. I, I enjoy the competition, but I don't care how much money Molina makes, and I'm. I'm sure as hell never going to worry about some sort of contract negotiation that Tarasenko has coming up. I just don't care. Get out there, put a uniform on. If he scores, you cheer him. That's what's fun. How about that at the very end? A little deep tease that Uncle Rich might be out there doing a little singing, a little performing around town. I could see him. I could see that being a thing, you know, maybe at a bar on Main Street in St. Charles, then a couple nights later down in Soulard. I just... I think this might be a good second act for Uncle Rich. I'd forgotten about him doing bragging rights games. He has had a uh, fascinating life, to say the least. We wish Rich the best in retirement. Kilquin Conversation, as always, presented by Marie de Villa, 
senior living great folks out there waiting for those fountains to go from red to blue for some blues hockey always festive great people virtual tour at mariedevilla.com b and g tuck pointing is the best in the bricks it's real simple make the home look new again bgtuckpointing.com is where you can get more information and triad bank soon to have a second location over on olive so you'll be seeing more of them It's just a great St. Louis company, Triad Bank. Appliance Discounters, theappliancediscounters.com. Also, all the great showrooms around town. It's real simple. They get all of these appliances, the biggest names, the best brands, and they sell them to you at the lowest price. Thanks for checking out the KillCoin Conversation, as always, to be found at scoopswithdannymac.com or by getting iTunes, Spotify, sign up, subscribe. That way it's delivered directly to you next week a great interview with dan deardorff we've got something cooking with kyle turley uh and big walt hanging with big walt we'll talk some blues hockey as we get ready for the blues season to begin i'm martin kilquin thanks for listening